Welcome back to the most accurate podcast here at 4 for 4 Football. As always, I'm your host, John Daigle, for the Monday night waiver wire preview show, week 10. As always, we will be reflecting on the waiver wire column at 444.com, waiting for you every Monday afternoon, including the drop list to read at the top, a large one, in fact, for week 10. Not only that, but prioritize rankings both for immediate help, the fantasy playoffs, and, as always, an updated, refreshed weekly contingency top 10. Before we begin, a reminder, this show is also brought to you by our friends at Sleeper, one of the fastest-growing, customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. And when I go to Sleeper and I click on the Team tab and then go to pick up a player, it is not Odell Beckham just yet. Instead, the Sleeper waiver wire pickup of the week because... The point of this game is to still score points. And if we are trying to score points with four teams on by yet again in week 10, I look to Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is involved against the Dolphins in what is right now forecasted by Vegas, the second highest total of the week at 49.5 points. The Browns also allowing the eighth highest rate of explosive passes of 15 plus yards in the league. So we think the Dolphins who have averaged 27.5 points in two of six full starts, also 33 points per game in two of his last two starts, and Tua, of course, who has thrown at least three touchdowns in three of those six starts, we think they're going to force the Browns' hand through the air by default. And if that's the case, all you need to do is sneak and look at Donovan Peoples-Jones' box score since week four. Because in that time in his last five games, he's actually recorded at least four catches and 50 receiving yards in every contest. Not only a player I look to help alleviate for buys in Week 10, but just think, Deshaun Watson's return is also right down the road following Cleveland's next buy in a few games here. So overall, Donald Peoples-Jones, not only a player for this week, someone I'm also looking at having whenever Watson is scheduled to return against the Texans. The sleeper of the week, for those in deeper leagues, as none other than Terrace Marshall, though, who is only rostered right now in 11% of sleeper leagues. And that's because the last two weeks in two wide sets, in place of Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall has quietly recorded a 22.5% target share for seven catches, 140 receiving yards, and one touchdown as the wide receiver 26 and wide receiver 16 in his last two games. A short turnaround for the Panthers on Thursday against the Falcons, and that Defense they are playing is very important, not only because P.J. Walker is back under center, but because the Falcons are allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers and a league-high 16 wide receiver catches per game, thinking that this is an opportunity for both D.J. Moore and Terrace Marshall to get there for those of us who need the points immediately. Remember, head to sleeper.com to pick up either Donald Peoples-Jones or Terrace Marshall, hopefully in your leagues, and download the latest app today. If you would not start either Terrace Marshall or Donovan Peoples-Jones, though, this week, and you're prioritizing your roster long-term, above all else for upside for the fantasy playoffs, Odell Beckham, who's actually already rostered on 37% of sleeper leagues, 23% of Yahoo leagues, is where I turn to instead. There is... A volatility here that not many are speaking out. We do have a history of players struggling once they return 
to play following reconstructive ACL surgery. Although the timeline, since Fox's Jay Glazer reported, Beckham should be cleared to practice and return ahead of Week 10. There are teams reportedly in a bidding war already for him, and given that he'll likely have his pick of the litter for wide receiver needy teams, I actually want to eliminate the Packers and Rams from his list of contenders, since I would imagine he also chooses, along with a big pile of money, an actual winning organization this year. And so I think it's dwindled down personally to the Cowboys, the front runners, the Bills, and perhaps the 49ers. The Cowboys are the ones who are circling the waters like sharks the most right now per several different reporters across different platforms. And that's important since that would also push C.D. Lamb back into the slot permanently where he's averaged and increased 1.97 yards per route run in his career. So we know Beckham has a ceiling just given his performance last year with the Rams. Shows up mid-year following the trade deadline, 17% target share, leads the team with seven end zone targets, averages 10.5 half PPR points per game. I view Beckham, best case scenario, wide receiver three or four for the fantasy playoffs. But again, that's a weekly flex option, assuming he's up to speed in a potent offense in that time by week 14 that I would still want to prioritize as a swing for the fences over DPJ and Marshall if I'm not planning on starting either of those players this week. Beckham. Wide receiver four, ceiling wide receiver three for the fantasy playoffs. If Beckham was already picked up and you're stuck scrambling for an option, you're probably asking which Chargers receiver you should add. Because we've now seen Michael Bandy has totaled 14 targets, seven per game, and the Chargers' last two games between their bye with both Keenan Allen hobbled and Mike Williams suffering that high ankle sprain. DeAndre Carter in that span has averaged six and a half targets right behind him, running 17 more routes than Bandy from two wide sets. But what I want to look at and how I lean towards Bandy is the fact that he's averaged a 15.5% target per route run rate in this span compared to DeAndre Carter's inferior 13.8% target per route run rate. And more importantly, we know this offense is not going downfield. Justin Herbert still 25th in the league in average depth of target has only thrown 20 yards downfield on just 10% of his passes. And the -the over-the-top threat is what DeAndre Carter has become in leading this team in depth of target since Mike Williams is injured. Whereas Bandy offers a safety blanket 5.8-yard depth of target these past two games with a higher floor. So given that Bandy on less routes has out-targeted Carter in an area of the field where Herbert throws to more often in this offense, I lean Bandy over Carter for however long both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are sidelined for. We don't get to talk about defenses much on this podcast, but I think it's important because if the Broncos were dropped in your league, given that a lot of people don't want to spend two roster spots on fantasy defenses, you can look at their upcoming schedule. Not only this week against perhaps Malik Willis, who's taken six sacks on 36 dropbacks the past two weeks, and the Titans in Week 10, but also a juicy matchup against the Raiders, and then after that, the Panthers. 
a three-game stretch for the Broncos that you would absolutely start them as a top six, top five defense. So I am waging fab on the Broncos defense wherever possible as if I am going to have them through the fantasy playoffs. If they are not out there, a sneaky defense that I know is, is none other than the Seattle Seahawks. Because the Seahawks, with their all-world rookie class suddenly clicking, are allowing 4.3 yards per play and 16.5 points per game over the last month, stacking 4.5 sacks per game in that span. And look at Seattle's upcoming schedule. A Bucks offense in London on Sunday morning, we are not scared of whatsoever. 16.5 points per game for the Bucks over the last month. Then the Raiders... The Rams, who have averaged less than four yards per play in their last two games since the bye, and then the Panthers. The Seahawks have the absolute best run out for the next month, and no one except you and I listening to this podcast will see it coming. So Seahawks also a top 10 defense for the next month for you heading into the fantasy playoffs. Let's quickly get into some deep cuts, though, on a thin waiver wire week before we get out of here. Because I want to remind you, Tanner Hudson ran around on a season-high 80% of Daniel Jones' dropbacks in place of Daniel Bellinger in Week 8. Remember, Bellinger out indefinitely with eye socket surgery. And Tanner Hudson in that game also matched Saquon Barkley for the second-highest target share, 16.1% on the team. Given that we expect Hudson to again return as an every-down tight end this upcoming week against a hapless Texans team, I view Tanner Hudson as a fringe tight end one. I'd be more than happy to start, especially in tight end premium leagues. It gets no deeper than Samore Torre for the Packers, who averaged 18.4 yards per catch with five touchdowns in his final year at Nebraska. And now that we have Romeo Dobbs out the next four to six weeks for the Packers with a high ankle sprain, Randall Cobb still on IR for another couple of games with that same injury, and Christian Watson going through concussion protocol for the second time in the last two weeks. There's really a chance here, although we don't want to believe in literally any Packers receiver outside of Alan Lazard. There's really a chance here that Torrey is used in two wide sets out of necessity because no one else is available. And if that's the case for deeper leagues, I do think it's worth noting he came off the bench, recorded a 17-yard DPI, and 32-yard catch in the second half, perhaps earning Aaron Rodgers' trust, again, for you 14- and 16-team league sickos out there. If Josh Allen were forced to miss a handful of games, it is not the worst situation in the world, given that Buffalo's upcoming schedule against the Vikings, Browns, and Lions in their next three games. All three defenses, mind you, which ranked top nine in explosive passes of 15 yards allowed and overall yards per attempt permitted this year, this is the time to sneak Case Keenum in. Case Keenum, even in being a backup quarterback at an offense we respect in the Bills, surrounded by immense talent, maybe even being joined by Beckham in the next month, I would want Case Keenum for super flex leagues in that three-game stretch I just mentioned If Josh Allen is out, I would have absolute confidence in starting Case Keenum, two QB leagues, and Superflex, given how thin waivers are for quarterbacks right now. Isaiah McKenzie, if Beckham does not sign, I still believe is worth a speculative ab in deeper leagues since he quietly, in this past week for the Bills, 
ran a route on a season-high 70% of dropbacks. The team basically forgot about Khalil Shakur altogether. In the box score, you only see three targets for McKenzie. But given that he played exclusively and primarily as the team's slot receiver for basically the first time all year, that gives me a little more confidence in believing him in deeper leagues as long as Allen is healthy. And finally, there was a switch up out of Los Angeles by behind Austin Eckler because Isaiah Spiller, the fourth-round rookie, recorded a season-high seven touches ahead of Sony Michelle's one touch as Eckler's primary backup. Josh Kelly, who averaged six touches per game behind Eckler, is eligible to return in Week 12. But for as long as Kelly's out, it does seem like Isaiah Spiller is the player to sneakily roster as Eckler's contingency option for the next few games. Reminder, the rest of the way we're calling, including all rankings, are available and updated at 44.com. We will be back on Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, for our Week 10 preview show. Until then, you know what's up. Be a little bit kinder than what's required. We'll see you next time.